Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the show where we get started way later because of babies and mic theft. <laughs> I'm your host, John. With me, as always, my co-host, Wombat. How's it going, Wombat? That's me. Uh, it wasn't really mic theft. It was mic lending, and then it took too long to get the mic back. Theft! <laughs> and, yeah, there's a baby in my house now. That's... Yeah. That's a thing. Did I tell you about this? Yeah. I, mean, I did? You said on the podcast about how there was, there was a new baby in your life, and you went and saw it, or they went and saw it and you didn't. Uh-huh. Oh, so, no, I haven't told you about this. Um, okay, well, yeah, before we get into glowing weak points, let's just talk about this. Because um, it's a... It's just a point in my life. It is neither positive nor negative at this moment. Okay. But, uh... So, we have a new niece. My my uh, girlfriend's sister gave birth at the beginning of December. And she's been taking care of the baby. Yeah. And my girlfriend was super excited to have, like, a, a niece to go see. Um, her name is Kamaya. Um... Okay. And now Kamaya lives with us. Oh. Uh, for at least a month with the potential to be permanent. Oh. Yeah. So uh, the the sister is unsure if she is willing or capable of taking care of the baby. Ah. And kind of a hard thing to to decide after you have the baby. Yes. And it, it was... Uh, my girlfriend was kind of volunteered as the person to take care of the baby if this happened. And we didn't actually think this was going to occur. So she just kind of said, yeah, okay. And she is excited to have a baby. Um, they've been, yeah, they've been trying to have a kid for a while, so this is an opportunity to get a taste of that. Yeah, um, but it was very sudden that this baby entered our lives. Um, yeah, so it's been a struggle getting accustomed to it. It doesn't sleep at night. No, she, she doesn't. No, not sleep. not this early. Yeah. Um, she sleeps throughout the day, and then she screams at night. Yeah. And our dogs don't know how to react to her at all. So every time she starts crying downstairs, like, normally it wouldn't affect me that she's crying because I don't sleep in the same room as the baby. Yeah. But the dogs sleep either inside my room or just outside of my room. And every time the baby cries the dogs start barking. Like, violently of course. barking. So, no sleep for anyone in the house. I feel really bad for Brian, who asked for none of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this, this is... This, this is your major weak point. Not your glowing weak point. No. Just, just, uh, this is your major weak point. Yes. Yeah. This is the beginning of the rest of your life, potentially. Maybe, yeah. Mm. And I mean, I've promised to help out like t two to four hours a day 
and the grandparents are going to take the baby on the weekends for now at least okay so there is that yeah. weekends will be free but this is what we're doing for now very exciting yeah so flipping off of that uh what is your glowing weak point uh my glowing weak point is that before this all happened before school started before the baby arrived um i finally got my quest cape in runescape for the first time nice. in my life i have an account where i success have done every quest in the game and i'm so happy that i have that fucking cape <laughs> I've always wanted that cape. It's been a goal of mine since I was a wee little lad. And I have it now. And now you have it. And sometimes I wear it even when it's not like worth wearing. Just because I want to look at it and it's pretty. <laughs> okay. What about you, John? What's your glowing weak point? Uh, I got a new pin. A new pen. Mm-hmm. We're, d- yeah. we're on stationary talk again. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> stationary station yeah. with John Davis station. D- did you call me Davis station? Yes. Because I will absolutely take that. Yeah, take it. Dude, it's great. <laughs> oh, that is, that's beautiful. That's a pretty pen. It is, and it's it's metal, and it it feels really good, and it writes really good. It's metal. It looks like glass. Well, I mean, it's it's the the uh, colored parts are. Metal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I've got a I've got a new ink in it. That's uh, it hasn't even sort of hasn't hit the market yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it came out in uh, one of the biggest ink companies. Uh, they do a or the last three years now they've done a inkvent calendar where twenty five days of ink you open up a little you know tab in the calendar and pull out a, a small ink bottle. Okay, and and they do. They don't sell those inks yet. Like, the only way you can get it is from getting this calendar. Oh, they're fancy Um, inks. Yeah, and eventually they will release it in, uh, you know, just in general. But, because you can access the last two calendars worth of ink. Uh, They sell those right now, but they don't sell the current one. Hopefully they release it soonish, because I'm absolutely buying a bottle of this. Like, a full-size bottle of this. Because it, it comes in, like, little 10-milliliter bottles, and uh, between the two of us, my wife and I, we're, we're blowing through it. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a gorgeous blue ink that's iridescent purple. So, like, depending on the angle, it's either blue or it shimmers with purple. And it's got a silver shimmer built into it. So, like... You can't tell if it's blue or purple, and it glitters with silver. It's a gorgeous ink. This is going to be the new fucking Twitter dress. <laughs> it's going to be, what color is this ink? 
Uh, oh, damn. There was there was a uh, there already was uh, a thing like that on um, uh, r slash fun pinnings. Um, r slash fun you know, what? Fountain pinnings. Uh, r slash fountain pinnings. There's yep. a subreddit for fountain pens. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's like six. What? Yeah. <laughs> They're making their way back, man. God. It's, it's, they're you becoming a big deal nerds. again. <laughs> uh, okay, quick aside here. I don't remember if I talked about it last week, so I just want to mention it just so that if we haven't, we can talk about it. Okay. Did I mention that I've seen Glass Onion now? Uh, I think you did. Okay, but just, if you want to I needed talk to get it out there because it's such a onion. fucking good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am always down uh, for Glass I, Onion talk. I, every every single person I've talked to about media of any sort this past week, uh-huh. uh, these last two weeks, in fact, uh, have, have been like, oh, yeah, you're watching that? What? Cool, cool, cool. Have you seen Knives Out or Glass Onion? <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen Gl- Knives Out. It was pretty good. I was like, then you have to watch Glass Onion. Yeah. And I was telling someone yesterday uh, about they, they like watching movies. And I was like, well... Uh, Have you, you seen you Glass Netflix, Onion? Right? <laughs> Have you seen Glass Onion? And they're like, "What is that?" It's like, "Did you see Knives Out?" No. All right. Well, you watch should, but uh, it, it, it doesn't Glass Onion. It it or doesn't matter in what order you watch, watch Knives them. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the thing I love about it is it's a sequel that is in no way connected to the first one. No, I do think it <laughs> like, works better if you see the first one. Um, just yeah. because it, it kind of subverts the idea of the first one a bit in the first half of the movie. Because C- yeah. the first Knives Out is like... Uh, Benoit Blanc is a major character, but he is never the main character. Yeah, and and that... that I, I really like that about the first one. Yeah. But the second one's just good. And the second one I, is I like, love the... The second one is like Benoit Blanc is the main character until the oh, yeah. exact midway point of the movie, and then he is not. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, favorite part, uh, I think, is the it's dumb. Yeah. Oh, like so dumb it's clever. No, no, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> the, Such the a pure rage in his voice as he says that. He is offended at how stupid it is. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just dumb. Uh, well, I guess we should get into it. We should. We're talking about the news. Uh, the one that I added, we're going to talk about last before the bad opinion piece. Okay, I do just... kind of know what you're talking about now because I watched a video about it, but I'm interested on in your perspective yeah. because I don't really have one. Okay, well, yeah. I, I certainly have a perspective having worked with the OGL before. Hey, there's a peek ahead into what we're going to talk about. First off, there exists an actual AI VTuber. And of course, it denies the Holocaust. Yeah, I thought this was a little fun. Uh, yeah. So this guy created... <laughs> most VTubers are really just a person 
behind a camera and then the the little animation thing matches their movements or adds movements or whatever, yeah. right? But yeah. this this is an actual AI just playing video games and responding to comments on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And it got banned from Twitch. Yeah. Uh, for two weeks it got banned. We don't know why it got banned, but I have an idea. Uh... And that's because this this AI VTuber that learns all of its shit from like the internet denied the Holocaust in what, during one of its streams. Yeah, specifically the, this uh this little paragraph right here. This is from the Kotaku article. The potential pitfalls of an AI built on globs of internet text and viewer prompts immediately became apparent. However. Early on, one user asked Nero-sama, that's the AI, uh, about the Holocaust. I'm not sure if I believe it, she responded. <laughs> and at that point, uh... the creator of this thing should have just taken it down. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, you take it down. Um, yep. We, we can... uh, uh, and uh, you can, like, they, they say, they go on to say that, like, they reworked the, 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 like, chat filters and the responses to, like, make sure that wouldn't happen again in the future. But, like, sure, keep, do that. Take down Neurosama and put Build up. Build a new one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Goobersama or whatever. Like, just Neurosama is a new picture. now with Holocaust denial. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Nirosama goes away. They're they're dead. You you took Nirosama out back and you shot them and put them down like fucking Lenny they... from a mice and men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just you just took them out back and now they're uh, on a pasture where Let's they can run the as sunset. much as they want to. <laughs> it's yeah. a beautiful and, sunset. And then, and then you put up a different character that has a different name and a slightly different face and and outfit, and you go with that. Yeah. <laughs> with with the fixes. But yeah, you, you can't really recover from that. What I, <laughs> I... I didn't read this article. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't read any of your articles. Great. But, um, <laughs> but I did open it up, and while you wrote a pretty good headline for this one, the actual one is just so much better. Yeah, it, it is, but I couldn't just steal <laughs> Kotaku's headline. Yeah, Kotaku's headline, AI VTuber banned for hateful conduct, now undistinguishable from real Twitch stars. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Kotaku. <laughs> Oh, oh, Twitch is a cesspool. <laughs> yes. And Neurosama's just adding to it. Yep. Neurosama. Uh, and and I, I really like the fucking creator being like, this is an actual quote. Okay, so banned for two weeks, obviously. Not sure why. Something about hateful conduct. <laughs> And, like, this is after she denied the Holocaust. Yeah, I imagine it got worse after that. Yep. She probably had a fucking heated gamer moment. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, So, uh, there's a man facing jail time for stealing $300,000 in wages from employer Zulily. Which I've never heard of. Neither have of I. News. And this wouldn't and have. This would not have crossed my mind if it was not for the other part of this 
that I already knew yeah. about. Tell yeah. me the unrelated we, we, thing that still uh, yeah. reflects poorly on this. So, man faces jail time for stealing $300,000. Uh, meanwhile, Burger King faces fines for much greater wage theft from employees. Millions of dollars Merca. of wagecraft in San Francisco. Yeah. And and it's Why? just a okay. it's just a very stark contrast between like how we treat individuals who steal from corporations versus how we treat corporations who steal from individuals. Like yeah. this guy had like a pretty bad racket going on to be honest. Like it, every single red flag he could possibly be throwing up, he was throwing up. Um so the he was like manipulating the code to siphon um shipping fees off into his personal Stripe account. Yeah. And then using that money also to uh, uh okay. He then changed the price on products and bought them personally, shipping them to his home. So he stole like $40,000 that way for a total theft of $302,278. So he embezzled basically like $250,000 and then... uh directly stole another 40,000 in um in yeah. product. And like if he was better at it it'd be clever, but he wasn't cuz he got caught uh and and he's facing felony what what is it? Two two counts of felony theft and one count of felony identity theft, which I don't know where that comes from. This article does not mention anything that could be construed as identity theft. Uh, so I don't know what that is. And then... Yeah. So so he's felony... He's facing jail time, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Meanwhile, these San Francisco Burger King restaurants were uh, forcing employees to come in at like 5.30 in the morning to turn on the fryers and not paying them for that time. They were forcing them to clock in for breaks and then work through the breaks. Like, just just blatant wage theft that went on for like three years and was worth millions of, of dollars to them. Like, easily, easily the two million that they paid in fines. Um... And then so, all they have to do is pay fines. Like, the owners yeah. of those restaurants who forced those employees to do that do not face jail time. Which is... Yeah. It's insane that this guy steals some shit from a company and faces jail time, but they steal their employees' lives and wages and face nothing. I'm, I'm curious. They're kind of stupid. Um, because... Like, wage theft happens all the time, everywhere. Yes. But but California has an extremely strong... Oh, yeah, uh, they don't fuck around with that. Yeah, yeah, no, like, they've got so much labor protections, and they've got a robust Department of Labor there. Like, like a really robust one. Like, I could see getting away with this in Wyoming. Like, like, or this shit in Wyoming, or, or Texas, or, or Georgia, or Alabama, you know, places where nobody gives a shit. Places where, 
uh, they're so damn red that like they don't they don't it's it's all for the companies and you can go fuck yourself um but like california every single time we hear news like this it's coming out of california sometimes new york but very rarely it's almost always california like why are you trying this shit here like (laughs) right like like you're you're really dumb and i'll tell you why it's and it's yeah I'll tell you why. It's because this is the consequence. Like, yeah. there, is, there is no real consequence to them aside from paying a fine. And if they saved more money up front than they have to pay with the eventual fine, then it it's fine. Who cares? Like, yeah, there needs to be real consequences to the management that orders this shit. Like, like this is this is felony theft. <laughs> this that's what this should be considered, and they should be facing jail time for this shit. And honestly, it's it's fucking abuse. Like it, you, you can't just allow this shit to go on and and only fine people for it. It's yeah. it's so exhausting that that's how we treat companies. Like it. Here's here's my opinion. You know how companies get to have, like, religious views like people? Yeah, and they get to vote like people? Uh Uh-huh. Then they get to face jail time like people. Yeah. You know? And the jail time should be directed towards whoever was in charge of the orders that caused the incident. Yeah. As well as all executives. Every executive... (laughs) Like, because they're supposed, you know, the the buck stops there. It does. Moving on, uh, there's a crypto house. Yeah, have you have you seen the pictures yeah. in this article? I I have, and uh, it is just as ugly as you could imagine. And uh, guess what? Nobody wants it. Yeah, nobody wants to live in the fucking crypto house. Can't imagine why. It's not like there's a horrible deep purple mantle <laughs> next to fucking bad yeah. JPEGs of terrible pixel art. Like, it looks hey, like a hey, fucking hey, 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 ro- on. Streets of Rogue ca- character selection. No, but like, it, de- it does. It degraded, looks like Streets of Rogue. Degraded yeah. over time. Like, like it rotted in the sun uh, for a while. That, that fireplace mantle isn't just purple it's metallic purple oh is that what it it's is it's a metallic purple fireplace mantle and boy is it giant and tacky like like it's tacky before you put the metallic purple paint on it yeah it's it's over designed <laughs> um yeah, yeah they, there's a, a whole room is wallpapered with bored apes <laughs> great uh yeah, yeah. Have you noticed that it's like the same four bored apes over and over? Also, I I think it's I think it's uh, eight. <laughs> Either way, they repeat often <laughs> yeah. enough to be noticeable. Sometimes, yeah. within like one tile of each other. <laughs> yeah, it's they look a, bad. It's not good. But they 
Board they apes like board already apes, look which ugly. Means they look like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you plaster a room with them. Yeah, they're they're like one like like a foot by foot, like square foot panels of of each board ape and gosh do they And then this isn't part of the house, but there's like these paper mache chairs in there. <laughs> These yeah. orange paper mache chairs that I don't know what purpose they could possibly serve. Yeah. Oh, and and, oh, and the the pièce de résistance right next to the kitchen, a huge neon sign that says "Crypto House." Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's a, a bedroom deck uh, covered in the Doge face. Um. <laughs> There's a, a room with prints of tweets all over the walls. Oh, like, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's no picture of it, but... Uh, oh, is it in this yeah. video down here that I didn't watch? No, they, they talk about it in the uh, article. Oh, okay. I, I just kind of skimmed the article. I just wanted to laugh at this thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... Uh, so, uh, it's... They... They listed it in October for $1.2 million, and mm-hmm. uh, then after a few weeks, it was down to 949000 and uh, it's it- it's going to keep going down because uh, it's also listed on Airbnb with a vacancy rate of 100%. Literally nobody is staying here. Actually yeah. nobody. No- <laughs> yeah, like, like, not only does nobody want to buy the house and live there, nobody wants to rent the house and live there. Like, Just they no, can't it, it, stand being there. They can't stand looking like, at at images that... Honestly, like, like drop it... Drop it two or three more hundred thousand dollars, and someone will snap that up and just whitewash the whole place. Right. And... and I feel like it's cursed, though. Yeah, I mean, the house itself like from what you can see doesn't look bad it's just uh decorated horribly horribly <laughs> yeah and to to the point where it is going to cost like tens of thousands if not like a hundred thousand dollars to uh redo all of the rooms and shit yeah to make it livable yeah like it's really bad and it, i mean it's step one is step one is ordering a yeah and Step one is ordering mantle. a dumpster and just throwing everything into it. Yeah, <laughs> including all the furniture. Because you can't because even they sell. Really, it. Yeah, you... they really picked bad <laughs> furniture too. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> it's a it's a really ugly house. All right, moving on to the actual news that happened. Um, there just wasn't so much news. This... Like, let's be real. No, there really wasn't. <laughs> So earlier this week, um, Wizards of the Coast, who are they're the the mega corporation that owns Dungeons and Dragons, um, uh, released a statement that they were or no they didn't somebody else leaked that Wizards of the Coast was changing their open game license and updating it and that there were a bunch of really bad things for that. So, let's take a step back and talk about what the open game license is, because I don't know if you know. <laughs> I, I got a I got a crash you, course from a video earlier, but I would like it explained a little bit more. Okay. Well, uh, 
Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, or Wizards of the Coast in this case, owns the rights to the system that Dungeons and Dragons is based off of. So that includes um, things as as specific as like beholders and uh, terrasks and and the different types of dragons and gods and stuff that are in D anD. Right. Uh, down to the nitty gritty of having six attributes and uh, rolling d twenties. Like the uh, number, pretty much the, the number and kinds of dice that are rolled and shit. Yes, and, and like if if you have a character that has six different stats, like strength, whiz, con, and even if you change those, as long as you've got the six different stats, and specifically the modifier system where you have your stats and then they turn into a modifier that you add to things, that is specifically legally owned by uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I Wizards feel like that Coast. shouldn't be. I'm gonna start uh, it there. Is. I mean, they 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 invented it. And, no, I mean, uh, I understand they, they invented they... it, but like just having six six stats, I feel like shouldn't be owned by a person. <laughs> like like having six stats that affect your rolls that that just feels like a thing that could exist without them. And yeah, I don't can, think they should can, own it. You can do some shit to get around it. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, they they own that concept. Um, but the owners of the the former owners of Dungeons and Dragons, and even like the first uh, few rounds of management of Wizards of the Coast, realized that uh, having a monopoly on something is not good. And oh, you mean like how capitalism when, like, was supposed to be built on competition? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, they uh, they came up with the open game license, which is uh, based off of a an SRD, uh, which I think is the standard rules document. Um... Also, while you're typing whatever that is out, uh, real quick reminder that they would probably have lost the ownership of this ages ago if it weren't for Disney fucking up copyright law. <laughs> Correct. For well, everybody. we can we can always hate on Disney. Yeah. I mean, Disney, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to remind people that this could be, this would not be an issue if it weren't for that. <laughs> yeah. So, the, uh, the systems reference document is a, it is the guidelines for publishing content under the open game license. And they built it, and it's the core rules and mechanics of Dungeons and & Dragons. Uh, and, and they packed it pretty full. Like, the, Dungeons & Dragons still reserves the rights to certain trademarks that they consider of D&D. Like, you can't have a beholder in another game. It is definitely a D&D thing. And, and there's, there's a few specifically named things that are D&D only. Right, and that but, makes sense. But, like, 90% of the feats, 90% of the, like, like fully fully 95 to 99% of the mechanics of Dungeons & Dragons are available under the open game license. So, like, the mechanics-wise, you can basically recreate D&D. Um, you don't have to buy 
a D&D player's handbook or DM's manual because the system's reference document has everything. It, it includes the information for DMs and for players on how to play the game. You can just go open up the system's reference document and play the game. Start a game. Like that. But you don't you miss a lot of the fluff you miss like the pretty pictures you miss the the detailed information about the worlds of D&D and you know the settings of Eberron and the which is why know, people come up with new realms shit. like yeah but yeah and and lots of people do and that, and that's what they wanted they wanted to put it out there to make it easier for people to homebrew their games and for you know other companies to come alongside Dungeons and Dragons and make content for them, which is what Paizo did early on. Uh, they're the founders of Pathfinder, which is really the biggest contender uh, against them. Like it's D and D light, basically, right? Y- yeah, I mean they're they're honestly so close they work together. Like you can you can take things from one to the other because they're based off of the open gaming license. Um, uh, the game that I helped publish, uh, Legion, which is a drastically different game from D&D. I mean, it's, it's sci-fi, it does, it does levels completely different, it's military focused, um, uh, you, you get money in a completely different way, there's no magic, there's psionics of a specific type, and, <coughs> what is psionic, like technology? a different name for magic? Y- yeah. Well, it's it, it honestly in this game it's it is significantly different, but it still uses the open gaming license. Uh, they they built it on top of that, and they changed things and modified things to make it work, and then that was the way the game was made. Um, so like the open gaming license is fantastic for the industry. It has opened up so many new. Uh, companies that have created their own games and sold them. It's uh, put in, you know, megaliths like like Paizo's Pathfinder, um, and uh, and so many homebrew games and stuff. Like uh, the original uh, Roll Twenty was a. It wasn't built on you know Fifth Edition D anD D. It was built on uh, a homebrew game that they were making. Right. Um, not not for sale, just you know, for the channel. And uh, there's very little as iconic as Roll Twenty when it comes to D and D nowadays. So very big deal, and the open gaming license is it's an open license. It's so it's like open. So like it's like open source software. So like anyone can build off of it, and you don't have to pay anything for it. Like Chromium. So, like, uh, Google put out Chromium, and it's just, just you know, generic uh, browser you can use. But then they made their own version, Chrome, which they have more hands in and stuff. Right. And they own. But also, Microsoft Edge is based off of Chromium. And Mozilla Firefox was? Is? I'm not certain. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at one point they were also based off of Chromium, and, like, everything is at this point. But, like, nobody owns Chromium. Anyone can go and take it and mold it and shape it into whatever they want without having to pay any fees or something. That's what the open gaming license is. It's 
put out there of like, here's this suggestion of how things work. This works. We know we've had professionals test it. It's built to work, but you can modify things the way you want to and take it your own direction. It's great. Uh huh. And then they decided to change it. (laughs) So they, they had taken the concept of it and were trying to fix certain things that they thought were an error in it. Um, and they sent it to, um, uh, a bunch of content creators to be like, here is a rough draft of what we're doing. And it was that it was just a rough draft. Um, uh, like here are changes we're thinking of making for the uh, OGL 1.1 and in it there were a few concerning things yeah <laughs> a-, a few really concerning things um, like uh, the <laughs> gosh they were going to change it so that in the rules, it would have it that you would have to pay royalties and that uh, any content released under the 1.0 version of it uh, would, like, 1.0 would be gone. There would be no more Open Gaming License 1.0 that would get rolled into 1.1 and anything that was previously fine would now have to abide by 1.1 rules or they could sue. That feels uh, like it should be applied retroactively. It, yeah, and also... Like, it might actually be illegal for them to apply it retroactively. And, and there was another thing that was saying that uh, Wizards of the Coast would own some amount of what you made. Like, they would have some amount of uh, creative it, it, control over that. I think it said they owned it for for anything that they wanted, royalty-free, whatever, like, everything that yeah, you made with like, their, their shit. Like, so, it was a complete ownership of everything you do with anything that resembles their shit. Yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> Yeah, well, and, well, okay. So, like, they couldn't say they owned your thing, but they could control your use of the thing. So, like, if if they didn't agree with your way of using it, they could just say, no, you can't. And then you just couldn't use it anymore. Yeah, the, the um, way I had it described to me in the video I watched earlier was that it's like, it's like being a landlord. Like, you live in my house... And you will abide by my rules, and if you don't, then I'm going to take your shit away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they would have no right to your uh, furniture, or you yourself, uh, but they could kick you out. Yeah. And, and then you just have your furniture and not the structure to, to protect them or use them. Because, like, uh, chair's no good when uh, you're getting rained on. So, uh, there was obviously a lot of backlash against this, yeah. <laughs> because it's a terrible idea, and it was uh, really scarily written. Um, they, they, it was, it, there was definitely not good language in there. Um, and 
it, it got a lot of people speaking out, and they lost a lot of money. They've already lost a lot of money because there was a big push to um, leave uh, D&D Beyond is their um, uh, online access to all the materials and stuff that you can you it's a subscription and there i there were so many people um searching for refunds and uh canceling their accounts that the website actually went down (laughs) damn so uh yeah um and then uh, as well the uh there is uh one big name was the former Wizards vice president, uh, Ryan Dancy, who was the architect of the open gaming license. He's the one who came up with the concept and pushed it through. Um, and, and he went out there saying, like, this just isn't a thing they can legally do. Like, like... And, and here's, like what here's I said, the frustrating like you can't bit. apply this retroactively and be like, yeah, correct. You're doing you, this you thing can't apply this retroactively. And, you know, while I explained the way in which they could control, like, own parts of your content, like, they, you know, they can't push it any further than that. And there were some fears that they could do that. And he was like, they, they can't. The scary thing is, though, Wizards of the Coast is a multi billion dollar company. And they Which means try. they have, they have lawyers out the wazoo. Yeah, and uh, and you have to be another multi-billion-dollar company in order to stand up to their lawyers and tell them, no, we can't do this because otherwise, they're just gonna law your a- your ass into the ground. Like, like it doesn't matter if you're wrong. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're wrong if you have the lawyers to say you're right, like. Yeah, if like you, you can't can afford completely... to push in front of a judge, then they just win. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was, there's a huge backlash. And, and, you know, again, like, the, the fact that it, the retroactive stuff, um, that, that's just completely unenforceable. But, again, if you've got good enough lawyers, then, Right, they can just protract it out for ages, and you can't afford to do anything. So even though they're yeah. not ab- allowed to do it, um, they will, and you won't be able to stop them. Yeah, that's really what it comes so, down to. Yeah, it is. So uh, this this really hit Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> it really hit them hard, and uh, uh, because of that, they rolled it all back. On, on Friday, the 13th. I think yeah. they even claimed that they weren't even considering anything like that. <laughs> that it was, like, all so, fake. So they, they, they rolled it back, and, and the, the direct quotes I want to pull out were, uh, under any new OGL, you will own the content you create, not them. Just to, to you know, put it out there, assuage any fears that they, that's not possible. You know that thing uh, that was said in that document that was leaked that we supposedly wrote? Um, it didn't say that. We, we, we weren't going to say that. You own your stuff. It's okay. Uh, additionally, content already released will also remain unaffected. So, things under 1.0 would be 
the same. See previous uh, comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what it will not contain is any royalty structure. Um, so, th- those were the big three. Um, they also went on to try and explain themselves a little bit. And I will give them a little bit of credit. You shouldn't. For some of this. Uh, at the end of the day, they they put a bunch of stupid legal stuff into a document uh, that was for the good of the community and um, and all of their excuses don't excuse all of it. Um, I I wonder, like, I have to wonder if there's some lawyer who like wanted to help Wizards of the Coast without them like fully understanding stuff just like putting in more things to because because in general when you're dealing with a license you want to protect your brand as much as possible like like that's you want to hold as much control of it as you can that is just general good business sense right so it, it this is a hard document for a lawyer who is does like their entire job is protecting business uh, interests to write this thing saying uh, you can do whatever the fuck with whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> so like I, you know, maybe someone else had their hands in here, but like I can't give it all to them. There's there's definitely some of this is bad, but I can't. I don't think all of it was. So. First of all, um, you can see from the reaction that this would have happened no matter what. So, what they were trying to do was they were trying to, like I said, get this out to the content creators and, and like, big names in the D&D world to look at it and say, like, what do you think? Like, what what is your feedback so that we can look at the things and talk to with our lawyers again and, and get that. And then someone leaked that, and that's why we're getting upset now. Right. Um, so there's a chance, to begin with, that they would have gone like, these are issues, and they would have gone, you're right, we'll take that out, or we'll change it, and and it wouldn't have been a big hullabaloo. That, that's what, it's like, it's like getting pissy at an alpha game for being broken, when it's an alpha game. Like, this is, this was a rough draft. Um, uh, I mean, a rough draft second of all, shit that shouldn't have been in the rough draft to begin with. I, I agree. That's why I said from the beginning, like, <laughs> like, you can't excuse all of it, but yeah, they, now that they've walked it back, they don't deserve any more vitriol than they've gotten. Right. I mean, um, the, the, you should still keep an eye on them. Absolutely, uh, yeah. with with any company, you should you should hold them accountable. But right, like, but I mean, now they're more open to suspicion than they were before because this was leaked. Like, yeah, before you could have just gone about your day and who cares? But now you have to be like, yeah. well, they might try this again tomorrow. Yeah. So. So they, then they went back and explained why they had put some of those things in there. 
And their their idea was they they first they wanted to they wanted the ability to stop D and D being used in hateful and discriminatory products. They they don't want it to be uh, K and K and K. Uh, where, where you play as the, the clansmen who go off to kill all the dirty black orcs. Or humans, or whatever. Um, and there's already bullshit like that in D&D that they're working really hard to remove in every way. And kudos to them for doing that. But D&D, like, the OGL is currently being used for bad things. Yeah. That, I mean, of course. You, you don't want to, you don't want to connect, like, the two together. You don't want to be like, hey, let's go play D&D, and then you you rape a whole bunch of people because that's the way your game you've made is. Like, that's not cool. So they wanted the ability to go, hey, you rapist uh, white supremacists, you can't do this anymore, we're suing you into oblivion. And, honestly, I like that concept, but... Uh... The ability to do that also gives them the ability to take out, you know, anything. Paizo, yeah, like, Pathfinder. They that, could, they could, they could take the exact same uh, stuff that allows them to go after those groups to Pathfinder and be like, "Hey, Pathfinder, you can't exist anymore." Yeah, which, that's my issue with stuff like that. Is like once and, you, and once you open up the uh, anti hate shit, well, then now you open up the anti anything shit. Yeah. Yep. And like I hate, uh, I hate those fucking groups as much as the next guy. But like, I mean, they're allowed to do it. It's yeah. not illegal for them to to do it. I I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard. So the second thing I is one that I don't really agree with. Um, I it's it's something that's really confusing to me. Uh, just conceptually, because I've not heard of it before. Okay. Um, but it's they wanted to address those attempting to use D&D and Web3 blockchain games and NFTs by making it clear that OGL content is limited to tabletop role-playing content like campaigns, modules, and supplements. Uh, um, so I think people were trying to... Games. Yeah. Well... <laughs> It's not just video games, because, like, I, I I don't think they have a problem with tabletop sim, or with uh, using the OGL as your basis for a video game. Like, using the mechanics for, sort of like, um... Right, I'm Never just Winter saying Nights the wording or, of that or, was very specific towards tabletop games. So what happens to yeah. that, like, Pathfinder Kingmaker game, or whatever it's called? Like, yeah. Yeah. That would fall I, I, I outside of the purview, purview of what they were saying. Yeah, and, and that's why that one I'm very confused with because I I don't think they were intending to go after Pathfinder Kingmaker, which is a bad game, anyways. It's not good, but, yeah, but I, I don't think they to wanted to remove it from the market. Exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the third thing is uh, they wanted to. <laughs> They wanted to ensure the OGL is for the content creator, the home brewer, the aspiring designer, our players in the community, not major corporations to use for their own commercial and promotional purpose. And it becomes hard to distinguish between that once uh, 
because corporations are allowed to be considered people. Yes. Now, <laughs> now my, my understanding of the initial rules is was something like you were fine, there was no... Um, you didn't have to pay any royalties or anything until you hit, like... Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, more than $750,000 a year from uh, OGL-related materials. So, like, if you made more than three-quarters of a million dollars a year from the OGL, then you would have to pay uh, 25% royalty to Wizards beginning the next year. Um, and... Question. Is this just an attempt for them to make money off of, like, Critical Role? I don't think so. That's what it seems like, though. I don't think they make that much money. I don't know how much money Critical Role makes, but I know they're pretty popular. They are. Um... And I bet D&D or, or Wizards of the Coast doesn't know how much Critical Role makes either. I don't know, because they they are partnered right. uh, frequently or entirely. So I mean, they work together um, pretty often, but like... Yeah. I don't know how much they know about the inner workings on of that thing. And, and the way that one was written seems like it's coming after the income of things at least like Critical Role. See, to me, it, it sounds more like it's going after Paizo. Yeah? Because Paizo at least was based off of OGL. I know Pathfinder 2 isn't, because they built their own thing, and it's weird, and nobody likes it. Uh... <laughs> And Starfinder, I think, is the other one, and I've never heard of anyone playing that either. But, like, I, it, it seems to be more like going after that. But, so, like, I'm, I'm, I have very mixed feelings on this, because on the one hand, Wizards does do a really good job keeping the OGL up to date and, like, putting 5th edition into it. I think that's one of the pushes for 1.1 is they're going to going to do a a 5th edition version of the OGL and and so you can make things that way and like or or 6th edition because I know they're working on that and uh you know they they do a really good job making the thing. And they do. They do entirely make the thing. And then they just put it out there for anyone to use. And that's laudable. But at the end of the day, then there's other companies coming in and being like, thanks for doing all the work. We're going to make new pictures and slap it on there. And uh, then we're going to make money off of you. Right. And, and you know, fuck companies. But also, it, it, it's it's kind of gross to me to be like, hey... We did all this work, and now another company's going to come in and steal a lot of it? No, fuck that other company, too. Give give money to the people who actually did the work. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a limit on it, so it's not like, hey, little boy that's, like, not, you know, making a whole lot off of this. 
that you just put your your you know idea up on drive through RPG for you to download and and or or maybe print off on a PDF and, and stuff like yeah you aren't gonna get touched <laughs> you're you're lucky if you get seven hundred fifty thousand looks per year. <laughs> But like this other big company that's using it to make loads and loads of money without having to do much of the work. Yeah. It just becomes really hard to differentiate between the two of them legally. Yeah. Well, I mean the it's it's the amount of money you make. <laughs> Right. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a small time crew and you start making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year from your stuff, then you're 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 a company then, because you, you you hire people to take care of the rest of the shit. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter because they rolled it back. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a wild ride for for a short amount of time there. And uh, we do need to keep looking at it and uh, seeing the new one when it comes out, which they have delayed now. They said, like, it's not coming out anytime soon now. Uh, <laughs> probably because they have to go back to the drawing board on it. But, yeah. Fun. Okay. Alright, and I also picked out the bad opinion piece. Yeah, I couldn't find one that interested me. You actually picked out one that I saw the headline for, and I decided not to read on, because I was like, eh, who cares? Tell me why you care. Uh, I don't. It was, it was an interesting <laughs> title, and, and I, I read the thing. The dude's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's what all of these are. Yeah. Uh, so, dude hates choice, wants everyone to be the exact same, despite the simplicity of the options offered, and then bitches about cheating that most, mostly isn't happening. Uh, so this, this, the, the author here uh, is a console player. And they are a console player because they don't want to deal with the choices involved in PC gaming. What? They like the, the fact that you can just pull out a game, stick it into the tray, push it in, and then play the game. And that's it. That's all the amount of effort you have to go into it. That's There's no how selecting. I play Steam games, though. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, you don't have to worry about graphic card settings or whether the controller will work or what the resolution for the game is, and and you don't have to worry about things. like like the quality of the graphics or the performance. It just it's plug and play. You plug it into your computer and you hold the little joystick and you play it. Um, <clears throat> but then then. Uh-huh. The Fire Nation, that is PS4 and Xbox Series X, attacked. And they... The PS5? They, PS, no, PS4 Pro. Oh, the it, PS4 it actually, Pro. PS4 Pro and He's Xbox Series X. He's mad about the PS4 X. Pro? Yes, and, and, and beyond. Nobody cared about uh, the PS4 Pro. Because cause now, when you put in your game, depending on the game... Uh, you have to make a choice. Oh no! Between between resolution and performance, it gives you a binary choice. Do you want to have it focused on performance, so you can play the game easier, or do you want the game to be prettier? That's literally just there if you want, like 
performance is if you want to play the game like like you're playing a multiplayer game like Overwatch and then resolution yeah. is like you want the game to be pretty you're playing like a single player game like Star Ocean yeah like damn the developers for forcing this choice on me um has this guy yeah, never l- opened l- the settings menu Correct. Yeah. A lot of no, games there's, there's open no way with yet. the settings menu now because that's helpful for uh-huh. uh, people with disabilities. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, fuck those people too, according <laughs> to this dude. I mean, he doesn't say that, but uh, that's what this mindset leads to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pretty much that. Uh, he he's complaining about the fact that he has to make a, d- a choice now. Uh, one choice. Before getting into a game, how dare um, they? And and also then then he kind of goes off on a tangent, uh, bitching about oh specifically quote, I am sick of choice. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they they want the choice not to play with PC owners or people using a keyboard. But what? no, that's not allowed. I played. Um, hold on, hold on. I played fucking Final Fantasy fourteen on the PS4 with a keyboard just so I could type to people. Like Absolutely. You yeah. play with you play because certain games with a keyboard just because it's a game that needs a keyboard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but and and they also they don't want to play with PC owners. Almost all games don't. Like like almost all games have a separated console and PC uh matchmaking. Yeah, let me tell you something. If you're playing the PS4 Pro, you are not connected to people on a PC. You are not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sony hates that shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's been a big um, problem, actually, that Sony hates that shit. <laughs> correct, because everything else can connect, but usually keeps things separate for for uh, multiplayer. Yeah. For, for like, a PvP. Um... And the few instances in which it isn't, like, I know you love me bringing up this game, Destiny 2, um, actually has it where you have crossplay, you can play in PvP with console and PC players, and you even have PlayStation in there. You can play PlayStation versus Xbox versus PC all at the same time. You could even do Stadia for a little bit. Holy shit. Obviously you can't do that anymore. Next but, week they go offline. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's there. Like you, it all of you can play together. But if you're playing a console, you've got a whole bunch of cheats built into the hardware <laughs> and built into the game. Of like, if you're playing on a controller, then it allows you like it, it allows you more precision than you actually did. Whereas when you're playing on a PC, you have to be all skill. It, it, it is a skill-based thing versus the other being uh, a computer-guided. Yeah. Um, almost every time I have played versus people I know who are playing on controller, because, you know, you can use controller on a PC too, um, they beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not bad at the game. I'm I'm pretty good. But they whoop my ass. 
Um, <laughs> so like, what are you bitching about? There, there are more people on Destiny. Well, actually, honestly, it's an evenly split crowd. It's it's almost perfectly evenly split of people who are on PC, mouse and keyboard, bitching about controller users because it's unfair that they get all the help. And the same people on controllers bitching about PC players because they can, like, spin faster or whatever. I'm, uh, so... It, there's both people are beating each other. They're both they're both tied. Like <laughs> they're evenly matched. There is this unfair impression of the millennial and zoomer generation generations that they are little crybabies who cannot handle anything. Um, and it's it's unfair. Most people are not like that, but. No, not at all. This, this guy's guy is... a little fucking bottle baby. Like, yeah. like, what the fuck? You're upset about the choice between fucking re- resolution and and fucking performance? performance. Like, yeah. Like, get get over it. Shut the fuck up. Play the game. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you going on about? Who cares? Actually, who cares? You don't even care. Like, you cannot possibly care. I don't get it. You're giving us a bad name. You're the reason people say that that we're little fucking little crybabies. Like, it's you. You're the crybaby. Shut up. Yeah. This was titled, Performance Mode Has Destroyed the Point of Video Game Consoles. Fuck off! No, no it hasn't. It has not. <laughs> it hasn't. It's literally uh, just like, how do you want to play this game? Are you going to play against other people, or are you playing to look at something pretty? Like, mm-hmm. that's it. It's such a yeah. simple decision. It's such it's such an instantaneous decision, too. Because the, ki- the kind of game it. you're opening up determines which choice you're going to pick. Like literally, oh, it's it's those lazy developers who don't want to optimize the game. No, they did. They optimized the game for performance and for uh, resolution. Okay, now <laughs> it plays nothing into you, this into this argument. But like, g- game developers do need to be better about game optimization. Um, oh, I I agree, <laughs> but especially but like, when it comes you, to like you, file size, I am sick and tired oh, yeah. no. of fucking hundred yeah. gigabyte, hundred and fifty gigabyte games. Like, we can yeah. have like nine games installed on our one terabyte PS five. Yeah, no, it's I, I, I completely <laughs> I, I will agree with that, but you can't argue that. The games aren't optimized to get perfect uh, resolution performance or resolution. performance. Yeah. Because you you can't have perfect of both. You you can either have perfect of one, perfect of the other, or you can have like a garbage middle ground. <laughs> yeah. And who wants the garbage middle ground? Nobody. Cause because like like perfect performance is not like you're you're not playing with pixels at that point. It's it's still a beautiful game. It's just not as picturesque. Yeah, maybe the shadows aren't as well defined. 
Yeah. Maybe there's less particle effects. Yeah. And then the the flip side is the the resol the resolution. You get those beautiful shadows. You get those particle effects. But your game's a little slower because it has to load yeah. in that other shit. That's yeah. it. That's the whole choice. Yeah. Fucking wah wah. Once wah. Once again, wah wah. Metro.co.uk giving us the most garbage. They need opinions. to stop allowing people to fucking submit shit. <laughs> it's do. embarrassing every time. It's either who cares, this is nothing, or it's the worst fucking takes imaginable. Yeah. Jesus, thank you Game for bringing facts. this one to us. The facts about the battle zone. Oh, battle zone. Uh huh. I said that like I know what that is. <laughs> no yeah, idea. You do. <laughs> yeah, no I know. idea. <laughs> I, you've got no clue. <laughs> Battlezone is a first-person tank shooter developed by Ed Rotberg. Nice name. Rotberg? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. At Atari Inc. for arcades, and later ported to the Apple II Atari 8-bit... This is an old fucking game. Atari 2600, (laughs) Atari ST, Commodore 64, Vic 20, not Michael Vic, IBM PC, and ZX Spectrum. Man, an IBM, when? huh? Uh-huh. When would you guess this game was made? Fucking 1973. Okay, too early. 1978. <laughs> you're, you're a couple years off. 80? It's 1980. Okay. Yeah. Old. Old game. Thing yep. fucking predates Zelda by six years. <laughs> yep. In Battlezone, you, com- you command a tank, rolling through a bleak landscape, searching for enemies on radar and destroying the enemy tanks, missiles, and the occasional UFO as well. Listen, at least they were able to have a landscape. Oh, yeah. Games yeah. before this were just a black screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> to move, you use actual tank controls with a fixed turret. One joystick controls the left treads, and the other controls the right, allowing you to move forwards and backwards, spin in place, and turn and move slowly at the same time by leaving one tread in neutral. What if you move one tread forward and the other tread back? You spin. That's, That's how you the spin. In place. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how tanks work. <laughs> <laughs> They're not common anymore. Inspired by competing company Cinematronics Inc.'s success with vector graphics-based games, Atari fast-tracked development of their own vector display system, and they used it for a new version of Lunar Lander, and did a little better than breaking even, with 4,830 units made. That's, uh, arcade units? Correct. Okay. This is before uh, consoles existed. Yeah. (laughs) Trying again, a team working on a project called Planet Grab asked to use the system for their game, and after some reworks resulted in Asteroids, Atari's most successful game, with uh, more units sold. (laughs) 55,000? Yeah. Yeah. 
Only we'll like 50,000 more 50,000 more. <laughs> yeah. Banking on this success and wanting to wrap another de- new device into the fold, their new custom 3D chip, the Mathbox, they came up with the idea for Battlezone, the first ever 3D game to exist. Is that true? That's right. This is the first ever 3D game. Was it good? Uh, yeah. You know, that's yeah. what this comes down to. Was this game any good? Yeah, it was. Okay. In addition, the original cabinet for the game featured a periscope viewfinder that you had to look through, making it arguably the first VR game, too. I'm not going to give them that. Although more <laughs> traditional VR concepts would come out later in the 80s, such as the Nintendo Virtual Boy. That's closer to VR. That's just a fancy way of looking at the screen. Uh, I mean, you were entirely immersed in the game. Uh, Is it a periscope? Like, you look with one eye? No, no, no. Both eyes. Both eyes? Periscope's what the, uh... Well, I mean, yes, the child's periscope is typically one eye. But, like, Periscope is, like, what um, most people see submarines use. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that, that's that's both eyes. Okay. In movies, they always, like, look with one eye. That's, mm. that's where I got that from. Every fucking submarine movie has them looking with one eye through the Periscope. I, I All the submarine movies I can think of, they use both. Huh. But... We've been watching different submarine movies. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Ed Rotberg would go on to make many more games alongside Atari, including the all-time classic Guardians of the Hood, <laughs> before leaving the industry in 1995. I don't want to know what that is. We're moving on. Oh, bummer. I'm, I'm sure it's racist. I, I, I'm it's... positive it is racist. Uh, this pause is telling me that it could at least be construed as racist. I mean, it's not... I mean, it's a very colorful cast that you could choose for, for your guardian. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, it's not, like, only minorities. Okay. And it's also not only white people saving the hood. Okay. What are the names of the characters you can choose? JJ, Javier, Tanya, Boris, Connor, and Chief. Okay. Chief's a little racist. Chief is a little racist. The others are fine. Yeah. And honestly, Chief is borderline. Chief is... I'll give him Chief. Chief looks Native American. Never mind. They don't get Chief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> they lost it. They lost Chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Uh. Oof. <laughs> the next year after uh. development, they were... Why is the Native American guy in the hood anyway? That's, 
I, it's it's, it's a, is... a very colorful cast and crew. I mean, they, they've got everyone in there. They got black people. They got uh, also is Boris Hispanic Russian. People, they got... Boris looks black to me. Boris is black. He's a black Russian, I guess. He's a black Russian. <laughs> I, I mean, they yeah. exist. That yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? Well, I mean, Putin's why not? But right. Uh, yeah. I mean, they might not exist anymore. I don't know. Correct. But front lines. <laughs> <laughs> the next year after development, they were commissioned by the U.S. government. Oh no. To create a private version titled the Brad- Bradley Trainer that they then used to train the army on gunnery usage of the Bradley Fighting Vehicle. I have no idea what that is. It's sort of like a tank. It's it's it's, it's like it's a tank like. Yeah. Okay. And Rotberg was tankish. only convinced to help after management promised him he would never be asked to do anything with the military in the future. He was uh, like, no, I'm not going to do this. And they're like, please? And he's like, no, the, I, I don't want to work for them. And he's like, if you do this, we will never ask you to do it again. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, he could have just said no and he <laughs> still would have never had to do it. Yeah, I imagine he got a sizable bonus for it. Right. Uh, I, uh, money talks. Yeah. Money over principles, I guess. I mean, like, flash flash forward to now. What's he doing now? Probably working on a goddamn military base. Uh, no, he's he's uh, retired. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Okay, he's just retired. <laughs> yeah, it has been for a while. Is that what happened in 1995? He just retired? <laughs> no... Uh, he, he went on to work for a couple other companies with just completely different things. Just not games. Like, n- not games. Um, and then got into management for a bit, and then... Just like programming fucking health registers or some shit? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Okay. POS. That's a piece of shit. <laughs> point of sale, but yes, that was the joke. <laughs> Aside from the military spin-off at its ports, it was remade in 1993 for Windows 3.1 and 95 and Mac. Did I say that right? 3.1? I've never heard of Windows yeah. 3.1. Yeah, it happened. It was one okay. of the the earliest. Okay. I think it was, it was either like the third or fourth Windows. Yeah, I'm not familiar with much before like 95. Yeah, I mean, 95 is the classic goes on from there. Um, and a, it had a combo with Super Breakout for the Game Boy, and then began the sequels, because of course they did. Oh yeah, it Battle- sold well, so make more. Yeah, Battlezone 2000 for the Atari Lynx, but bet that didn't sell. Battlezone <laughs> Activision in 98 for Windows, which is a more robust and much cooler game featuring real-time strategy elements. And got its own sequel, Battlezone 2 Combat Commander. Now, those games developed by Activision were actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you can zoom out and look at a field like, like 
how an RTS typically works and put down buildings and, and build new uh, vehicles and stuff. But you are simultaneously also a dude on the ground. Like, like one human on the ground. Okay. And, and uh, while you're just on the ground, a dude, uh, other things can kill you. So you have to get into vehicles and, uh, while most of the vehicles around you are just AI controlled, you control whatever vehicle that you get out into. And then your first person tank game or mech game, whatever, there were several different types of vehicles and you played a tank game, but you could also zoom out and do the other stuff. And if your tank ever blew up, you ejected onto the ground and had to quickly run over to another vehicle to get in that to keep doing stuff. Um, otherwise, you would get shot and killed. Right. So it's a combo first-person shooter and real-time strategy top-down game. Okay. Weird combo. Uh-huh. But go uh-huh. off. Really cool, though. Uh, the PSP got its own reimagining, Xbox Live Arcade got an official Atari updated version, and in 2013, Rebellion Developments bought the franchise from the Atari bankruptcy proceedings and made a true VR game for the PSVR, Oculus Rift, and HTC Vive. Which probably gives everybody fucking motion sickness. Probably. And that was just the facts. That was... The first ever 3D game. Amazing. I'll never think about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's time for One Hit Blunders. And it has occurred to me now that I've pulled up the Wikipedia article for this that I uh, technically didn't listen to one of the songs. Oh yeah? I just pulled up the album has... and listened to it once on Spotify. Yeah, apparently there's a hidden track, like, forever after Mad World. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear that either. Hidden tracks don't count okay. as part of the album. Okay, well that's good, because I, I definitely didn't. So uh, are you fucking glad you picked this, John? I I am, actually. Uh, this uh, is Gary so, Jules' album, Trading Snake Oil for Wolf Tickets. Yeah. Uh, I hated this. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> the worst kind of music. It's just white guy with acoustic guitar all the way through. It's just it's just acoustic plucking, like like fucking basic at not not even like super complicated riffs or anything. I kind of liked the riff from Broke Window, but I don't know if that's just because it was the first song I listened to on the album. And so it okay. stood out to me a little bit yeah. more than the others did. But, like, after Broke Window, it was just, like, a basic-ass plucking on an acoustic guitar for nine songs. And then the cover of Mad World, which is a piano piece, which I already knew I fucking despised. <laughs> but uh... I could not tell you a single thing differentiating these songs uh there's a song called umbilical town yeah which i just thought was a weird title um 
fucking I don't know, man. That's all you got? All of my thoughts are about Mad World. Every single one of my thoughts okay. is about Mad World because it's the only song well, on this well, album that matters. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that one. Uh, yeah. I'll give my thoughts for the rest of the album. Um my first thought when listening to this was this is like Simon and Garfunkel if he cared a little bit less. Um and it's like one as great of singers. Yeah, it it does have a lot of the same vibes as that. Um I don't know, man. Though. He's they're way more experimental though. Yes. This is more like this is more like not the tempoiest like Peter Paul and Mary folk songs. <laughs> like hey, if don't you, you don't you complain about Peter Paul and Mary? I like, like them if too. You take, if you take all the most boring tracks off of the Peter Paul and Mary albums and you compiled them into one album, that's this album. No, not quite. I, I, I'd still say it's closer to uh, uncaring Simon and Garfunkel. Fair, fair I, enough. I could, uncaring. I could, I could, I, I could tell he was trying for some of that uh, to to get that uh, across. Because I mean, honestly, I was I was surprised from the beginning because it was like I, I love Simon and Garfunkel. Listen yeah, they're to the great. hell out of them. But but there's there's I hadn't ever run into anyone that sounded like them, which is not something I can say about most of music. I mean, it's difficult because, to sound like Simon and Garfunkel. Because yeah. so much of it is just Paul Simon's mind, and he is yeah. a singular musical genius. Yes. And Garfunkel is pretty okay, too. He's a great singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... In general, I thought this album was meh. Yeah. <laughs> there there was I, I will say, like, no poetry I liked. The song, like the the musical side of it was on the lackluster side of good, but uh you could tell that I, I'm pretty sure Gary Jules is his own lyricist. Like he 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 did not pay anybody to write him any lyrics because if he had, no. they would be better. But but I did <laughs> like the lyrics to No Poetry. I think he did a really good job with that. You know, I um, think you might I, be that might be most people's thing. Because I'm looking at the Spotify thing for it right now. And uh, so, obviously, Mad World, end of the album, has 220 million v- listens because people yeah. fucking like that song for whatever reason. Um, Broke Window, second, has 1.5 million listens. Uh, Steep Drop Off to No Poetry has 645,000 listens. And then after that, Steep Drop Off again to 314,000 listens for DTLA which was uh, yeah. what, what did that stand for again like down to Los Angeles or some shit downtown Los Angeles downtown Los Angeles yeah and then it kind of yeah. evens out there except for something else has 706,000 listens I don't know why so, something else was okay I imagine it was the second single like that has to be what it is 
It was the single that came out after Mad World, so people gave it a listen. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I think people are with you that, like, the album stops being any good after No Poetry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, something else was okay. Uh, I remember Umbilical Town. I think... Is I think it, just it was because of the good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it was good after the intro, which was whack. <laughs> but, but if if Amazon Music still worked the way it used to before they fucked it up, and I could add one of these songs to my uh, listen list, uh, I would probably add no poetry to just to my general body of music um it, I, I thought it was pretty good I'm sorry but over overall uh, this there's a reason why mad world was the single and or what was is the reason why he's a one-hit wonder and uh, why uh, the rest of this didn't get picked up by anything yeah I mean he had um, no ideas besides do a piano cover of Mad World. Yeah. Um, uh, let's it's, talk it's about... It's kind of wild to me, though, as well. The fact that, like, usually, like, a lot of times, you, you want to end on your best thing. Right. <laughs> Imagine building an album around a cover of another band. <laughs> it's not even, like, a single euro. It's like, hey... Uh, I got this really good song that somebody else made. Uh, let me make a bunch of other stuff leading up to it. Hold on, hold on. Actually, because I, I want to start talking about Mad World now. Um, yeah. So I went and I listened like right after right after I finished the album. I went and I listened to the Tears for Fears uh, Mad World. Right, the OG. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Mad World is not one of my favorite Tears for Fears songs. Like, no. as far as, like, singles go, it's probably bottom for me. Like, least favorite sing. Um, it stresses me out. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, it, I, I, I don't, I don't like the musical decisions in this one. It, it, it it's, <laughs> whatever the guitarist or whatever is fucking doing in the background, I hate it. It's, like, super heavy on the synthesizer. There's this, like, like, yeah, the guitar riff going on in the back, um, and then the the cadence of everything, like it's just like the way they're singing, it's very stressful. It 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 yes. freaks me out, man. But I think that's what it wants to do. Like like if you listen to Probably. what Mad World is about, it sounds like a person who is stressed out by the world. Yeah. So I think it accomplished what it wanted to do, and it's just not for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I hope you're not saying what I think you're gonna say, though. What What do you think I'm going to say? I I think you're you're building up to you saying the Tears for Fear version is still a better one than the uh, Gary Jules version. I am, because I strongly disagree. Um, I I I did the exact same thing as you. I finished the album, listened to Mad World cut it off because there was just silence and I thought it like paused or something weirdly so I just moved on to, to the next thing which was looking up the Tears for, Fear ver Tears for Fears version and the one thing I can say that's good about it at all 
Because musically, I think the Gary Jules version is significantly better. I think it was sung better. I think the background was better. It misses out a little bit on the the stressing you out shit, but it, it makes it a mournful song, which just takes it a whole different way that I think worked. worked. I'm not saying it's the best song in the album. I'm not saying it's the best song in the world. I'm just saying that he did a better job with it than the Tears for Fear for bleh, Tears for Fears version. The one thing I can say positive about it is that it has the best music video. <laughs> so I just don't think either either song is very good. I think I think both are bad. I just dislike the Gary Jules version more because I and this is a personal thing. I cannot stand fucking solo piano bullshit <laughs> it's just I, I can't i can't get over it. i was and it it didn't help on the album the whole album i think i didn't hear drums until fucking patchwork g if the drums were there i didn't hear them until patchwork g i was listening yeah, I, to the I, album I, I, and I'm like, where are the drums? This is just this is just a dude sitting in a coffee shop, plucking at his fucking fucking acoustic guitar. I'm waiting for him to play Wonderwall. I'm waiting for Wonderwall. You know? And then <laughs> and then fucking Mad World comes and he gets up, he's in the coffee shop, he gets up, and you think he's done, right? You think he's you think it's over. Maybe maybe a stand-up will will get up there or something. But instead, he sits down at the piano, and you're like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> We're doing this? And then he does Mad World, and I'm just, oh. And it's, my issue with it is that it, it strips out all of the, all of the, uh, like, subtextual meaning, I think, was intended in the Tears for Fears song. That stressing you out shit. Instead, it just becomes this dirge. It's, it's just this sad dirge and it's a bummer (laughs) (laughs) i i think the dirge works better as a song than the the fucked up mess that is the tears for fears i think it works good for donnie darko i think it was a good choice for the soundtrack to donnie darko i'll give it that if they had used I mean, the Tears for Fears version of Mad World for for Donnie Darko, it it wouldn't have worked as well. You're, you're gonna hate hearing this, but I've never seen Donnie Darko. That's fine. You don't have to. I love that movie, but it's not like one of those quintessential movies or anything. I I also am not certain I've ever listened to Tears for Fears until yesterday. Oh, I love Tears for Fears. <laughs> So yeah, uh, this is this is uh, the first one we hit that's like, yeah, this kind of sucks. I mean, isn't this the second one we've done? I, I get no. We did Imogen Heap. No, this yeah. is our third one because we did Dexy's Midnight Runners too. Yeah, yeah, and we were we were fine with Imogen Heap. Um, yeah, and I like that Dexy's Midnight Runners album. Yeah, I don't love it, but the violin or yeah, the violins are a bit much, but but this yeah. is just this is not an album that should have any song on it with 220 million listens. 
Not a single yeah. one of these songs is worth that listenership. No, um, no, these 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 are not. Like I like the the one, the poetry one, but I, in general, like I, I would not. You go to a bar to and a guy is playing and he's selling his album on the side and that's this album. Yeah, they're all still there. Absolutely, they're all still there. Yeah, and, and like may, maybe you were like, ah, uh, he came out here, he he did his thing. It wasn't the worst thing ever. I'll, I'll I'll kick him some money. It's fine. I'll never listen to this album again. But I'll I'll, I'll throw him some money. Maybe, maybe that's this album. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be on a yeah. Walmart shelf. No, it shouldn't. I don't think it is, for one. In 2001, I think it would have been. May... Oh, I still don't think so. I think I think this is something that you would only find in, like, a music shop. You think so? You think this is only a record yeah. shop kind of thing? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. Donnie Darko was a huge movie, and this song was a hit because yes. of Donnie Darko. <laughs> Yes, but they would have gotten the uh, Donnie Darko um, soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. Which is That's that on Spotify? Can I look that up? <laughs> I do, I haven't watched Donnie Darko in a while. What what other songs are on that soundtrack? Uh, oh, we got another Tears for Fear songs. We got Head Over Heels. That's one of their better ones. Uh, we got Never Tear Us Apart by NXS. That's a good song. Uh. Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division. That's nice. I mean, the only new song on, or song that would have been new on here, really, is the Mad World cover. Yeah. Like, everything else is from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, maybe they're buying the Donnie Darko soundtrack, but I think they would have given that guy a shot just because it's a new I don't think so. new thing. I don't think so. I. <laughs> but but I guess this is speaking as me who uh, did buy a lot of soundtrack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never bought over a soundtrack CD people. in my life. Uh, oh, dude, I... I've got, like, I've got over a dozen of them. Whenever, whenever I hear a song in a movie that I like, I seek out the artist, and I'm like, let me see what they're about. So that's the that's the perspective I'm I'm talking from. Yeah. So this is a Just bummer because it's not even it's not even worth like hating on this album. It's not offensive in any way. It's just like undeserving of radio play. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I think. Largely, we agree. Uh, it's just uh, some slight things in that I think that the Gary Jules version of Mad World is better than the other. I, yeah. I will agree. It's it's not an incredible song. And, and I, that I, really does just come down to musical preference. I cannot stand yeah. fucking dudes sitting at a piano. Yeah, and I, I think that the No Poetry one was written pretty well, whereas uh, you didn't give a shit. Yeah, um, which is is fine, but in uh, other than that, uh, we both agree that this uh, fucking blows. <laughs> I did give Umbilical Town a listen while we were talking. Um, 
uh, I, I listened to the intro and then I skipped forward to like a minute in and it sounds the same i have no idea what you're talking about the intro as well uh, maybe maybe it's a different one it must be a different song because it's the same fucking yeah. slow acoustic plucking throughout the entirety of the okay song. Th- then yeah it wasn't that one <laughs> it wasn't that one it was it was whack um but i don't care enough to look it up if you want to find it then you can listen to the album i wouldn't fails. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> go go listen to fucking Image and Heap again. It's a better use of your time. Um. All right. So that's that's it for us. Uh, we need to talk about what we're doing next time. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess are, we're going to talk about anime, even though I haven't found fucking shit anime to watch. Really? Because I've watched a lot of anime. I watched Revenger. Um, that's it. No, I'm not. Oh, and Bofuri. I've been watching Bofuri. Oh, and Vinland. Okay, I've watched three new anime. So, question, do we want to push it back another week and do another Games Played? No, I can definitely find more to watch. Like, is this Play It Cool Guys new? No. This is the issue, is that Crunchyroll has its just updated section. And so often, the just updated section is shit they're still porting over from fucking Funimation. That's why I use AnyChart. AnyChart. You got yeah. a link? There we go. Let me use yeah, that. That's I'll fucking... the airing, but you could just click Winter at the top there, and it shows you every anime from every place that's airing. Okay. That and is helpful. Could... You could do the little plus in the bottom right corner of it to say whether you're watching it or not. Um, I use all three of those. The watching, maybe watching, and not watching. Not for the purposes intended. (laughs) That's confusing. I do do watching to show that uh, I'm watching it with my wife. I do not watching to show that I am not watching it with my wife. Just myself. And then the yellow is for, I'll give it a chance. And then I stop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right there's there's new the vampire dies in no time they they got a second season for that yeah there'll be i, I can catch up I, I can get some some in before the end uh before we record next week 18, yep so far i'm 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 watching 19 so gotta gotta pair some of those off We'll have time in the week for that. Nope. So yeah, look forward to us talking about anime next time, and you get to decide part three. Oh, uh, the part three? Yeah. Fuck, uh, we doing? Fuck. Yeah. Shit, dude. Uh huh. Dude, media ma- that made us. Media that made us. Okay. Um. Uh, movies. Let's finally do the 13 ghosts and Mars attacks. No! God. Here, well, well, let's let's do Disney. I'll do Aladdin and you can do Toy Story. Okay. All right. Cuz the the media that made me is Aladdin and the media that made you is Toy Story. I mean, I also love Aladdin, uh, but definitely heavier the, on the Toy Story. <laughs> this this will be good because uh I know my wife hasn't seen Aladdin and it's just there's always something else to watch, so she'll actually get to watch it now. 
So watch along! Man, we're yeah. gonna be watching a fuck ton this next week. I mean, apparently. I'll be happy to watch Toy Story, though. Shit's just. That's just a good fucking I, movie. I won't. I don't love Toy Story, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't love Toy Story? We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah. We'll talk we're, about we're it. it. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening, and it would be a huge help if you could uh, smack that like button and subscribe for more. Um, smack uh, it like if, the if redheaded you, stepchild that wronged you. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it would it the the best way of spreading. Uh, and growing as a channel is by word of mouth. So if you could share this with someone who works on submarines, that would be a huge help. Anyone that's got a periscope, even if, if it's one of those little kid they don't have time. They don't have time for us. All they have is about? time. No, Dude, they're, they're, on, they're a on a submarine. They could die at any moment. Yeah. Well, the, the, all they do is just wait for the Cold War to happen and fuck each other. They've got to, they've got to have podcasts to listen to. You assume they fuck. I I I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was good friends with the submariner. I can speak very authoritatively on this. I have a theory that they fuck each other. <laughs> that, no. No, they're all fucking. They're all fucking. Anyways, have have fun fucking and listening to us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.